You're listening to the Purpose Driven Person Podcast. This podcast is made for leaders unwilling to give up their desires to be purpose driven. Guys, I made this show for a compass for you to have more purpose in leadership through four concepts creation, communication, collaboration, and connection in both business and in life. My name is Matthew Leland Cox. I'm the founder of Never Give Up Youth Healing Center, Never Give Up Wellness Center, and Never Give Up Foundation. You can find me at MatthewLelandCox.com. Are you ready? Well, let's do this. This is all about parenting today. It's the second um, second Tuesday of the month, and we're going to be talking about teenagers and parenting in general and certain issues that come across when it comes to our teenagers or our kids in general. It doesn't matter if it's a teen, if it's a younger child. Parenting is the same. We just do it different of what age we're dealing with because um, we have to follow what works for that specific child. So if I have a special need child, it's not going to be the same parenting if I'm parenting just a, a child that's um, detention deficit uh, versus a child with autism. You know, it's going to be different there. Or if I'm just parenting a child younger, um, it's going to be different. But w- the biggest topic we're going to be adding into this is we're going to throw a little bit of, um, as they say, we're going to throw a wrench into the works is that we're going to add divorce when it comes along with parenting. And this is a very sensitive and a very tough topic for some, and some might be going through it as you're listening to the show. Parenting with this part or this piece involved is hard as in in its whole. And we're going to talk real fast before I go into the topic today. We're going to talk about a program that as the foundation and as the Never Give Up Life Coaching what we do to help with this. One of the aspects that the foundations put together, um, developing a company off to the side of it that helps parents in the home. And part of that, what we do is we go into the home and we work with the family one-on-one. If it be the parents, we work with them one-on-one and helping them through certain issues in, in coaching, and it'd be couple coaching or life coaching as they call it. And we work with mostly what I do is I work with the communication that's taking place because a lot of times it's just a miscommunication of needs not being met. And sometimes those needs are very deep and we have to look at them and how can we meet them. And it's not a matter of one has to meet because sometimes it's an unba- it's an imbalance where one's getting their needs all met and the other one's losing their self-identity. And so you have this unhealthy thing going on. Because when it comes to coaching, it's a process of helping you reach your needs. It's coaching you to your your purpose and your ideas and your goals, but your inner peace and what's trying to make you as a person. And the way you communicate is because it's what's inside. Whatever you communicate outwardly is really what's in deep side. So if I don't like myself and I'm, I'm having struggles, my communication is going to be very frustrating, very overwhelmed, very angry. And so a lot of times that comes out that way. Sometimes if I'm passive, it's either that I've been the doormat all the time. It's called that doormat syndrome. I listen to everybody else's problems, but I take the back seat all the time. And it's okay. My needs are not important. But then it slowly builds up, and then the balloon bursts, and then everybody around you is in trouble. So it can be either way. So it's very tough because emotional needs are not being met. So that's what part of the coaching is. We go into that that piece of it and we help the couple continue to progress and make sure they're meeting their needs and their goals 
another facet of that program is as we go into the home, we look at the children. Because a lot of times there's what's called the 80-20 rule. The 80-20 rule is that 80% of the focus is all on what's going on in the home. If I have a troubled teen, if I have a troubled youth, or if it's a child that's out of control, if their attention is out of control, if they have ADD or ADHD, and they're off the walls and I'm having a hard time with them. So my attention's all on that child, so 20% of the other attention factor goes on the other kids. So they're also, in a sense, getting emotionally, not purposely or not on purpose. It just happens because the, the, the most of the energy is focused on that one child that, or children that are having a hard time because most of the time it's not just one. Sometimes it's two. So we have to look at it. And so what we do is we assign a mentor to that child along with the life coach that goes in that's really trained and experienced helping them grow through that emotional needs, the mentor comes in and works with the children separate from the parents, and they work by mentoring and being an example, helping them talk through certain things and helping them address that. So it's really good. So then the the parents are getting their movement, the children are getting their, their needs met, and then it's bringing it all back together with certain goals and needs being met at the same time. So it's really good as you move forward, this is a program. It's a little different approach. It's an approach that goes in the home because the environment, that safe environment is where it all takes place. So it's it's important that we always move forward knowing what the purpose is because sometimes in the homes as we are most of the times in the homes, when we go into the homes, a lot of times it's just having a definition of a mission statement or where are we heading as a family and whole. Are we moving forward? Are we moving backwards? Are we staying still? Are we emotionally in pain? So it's dismissing that behavior, as I've once said, and looking for the emotional pain and helping the healing take place. Because it, it's all of us are in, in a sense of what is the pain that's caused me from moving forward and taking hold of my life and finding that inner peace. We're going to take a quick break. When we come from break, we're going to come back in and start diving into this topic a little deeper. So we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Never Give Up Show. I'm Matthew Cox, your host. And we went to break. We had a great caller call in and talk or ask a question. How do I get along with my co-parenting partner to get across discipline or knowing that we're on the same page because my home's different, their home. So when I give a punishment in that home, I'm always undermined and so forth. So as I was at break, I, you know, I wanted to throw this in as we came back from break. It's important to always understand that it's important to sit down and have those boundaries with each other. And sometimes I, I know some of you are sitting there, I've tried it a hundred million times. Uh, they're just not willing to do it. Then that's when you go to the mediator. That's when you have a third party come in and help. Um, but if you both are willing and you know that the kids, you love the kids and it's all about the kids and it's for the kids and you understand that you've chosen to go separate ways, that you make sure that you're knowing each other's boundaries and understanding what the boundary is and moving forward. But part of that boundary is knowing the expectations from each other. If my expectation is this and here, because sometimes we have so many high expectations for the world or people in it. 
that our frustrations, that's where all our frustrations come, is from those unmet expectations that we have on others. So if I know that I'm a parent and I have my home, I'm expecting somebody to be just like me, and I'm going to force them to do what my punishment is because I felt better and I know what I'm talking about. So that's where you get that indifference, that, that them versus us mentality. So you have to look at it. Can I set the boundaries with my co-partner or partner, um, parenting partner? And we, are we both willing to do so? And if there's that willingness and we both have the knowledge and the most important is the skill sets. And we're going to go over these things a little bit more as the show goes on. So it's that willingness, knowledge, and skills. So you have to ask yourself, are we both willing to do it? So just caller, that's a little bit more for you so that uh, you, you can look at it a little deeper there. So part of that is what we do as a foundation and as, as an organization. We come into the homes. We sit down and help you understand the communication barrier. If you're emotionally disconnecting, because a lot of times when issues happen, it's not just the kids because 80% is always focused on the bad that's going on. And then 20% is focused on what's there to be left if it's the kids that are doing good. Sometimes we're so focused on the bad if it's mom and dad separating and mom and dad divorcing. That's the 80% of the focus. And then behaviors come from that because the belief systems that occur out of that are very, very uh, destructive. And so the belief system we always know that whatever belief I have is the behavior that I display. And so a lot of times when that anguish and pain comes into that environment that we have, because all environments, remember, we have the home, we have the school, we have outward, we have friends. Whatever environment you're in is what's going on in, in that environment. It could be healthy or non-healthy. So we always have to think when divorce occurs in homes. Now, let's look at the statistics of divorce. I mean, it's high. And unfortunately for the state of Nevada, state of Nevada leads the U.S. in per capita in divorce. I, I, you know, I was reading over this a while back, and I was, I was very taken back. But it's probably all the, all of our drive-through uh, wedding chapels. I don't know. <laughs> if you know the answer, call in. Give me the background of it. I'm going to still research. But as I re- researched this, the state of Nevada leads the U.S. per capita in in divorces. And uh, that tells you why all of our billboards, we see so many lawyers out there, and um, it would be nice to see less, but unfortunately we don't. And so it's been estimated that 50% of all divorces in, 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 in our uh, marriages in divorce. And I think that's just because of the willingness and the knowledge and skill. Now, it goes back to some information of a great uh, professor, not um, our great uh, uh, psychologist that practiced, um, He his name is Dr. Gottman. Dr. Gottman wrote a book. It's called Seven Highly Effective Habits of a Highly Effective Marriage. And he talks about it, and that doesn't, it's, it sounds similar to Stephen Covey's book, but it isn't. What Dr. Gottman wrote in there is that he did studies in the university he, he worked at. Several, this is several, probably a century ago where he, when he was studying it. He put a, uh, he called it the Love Lab, where he put cameras all over in this uh, apartment, this place where he can study couples. And they all agreed on it, and they came in, and he watched them fight. He watched them argue. He watched them do everything to, to the point where the, he studied it to where Dr. Gottman got so well at it that it took him five minutes to sit down with a couple, and he knew how you started an argument and how you finished it if you were going to make it. And it was really neat to watch um, or read and study about that in his research. Now, a similar uh, individual, Dr. Lund, 
did research along with his, and they were trying to research how we can have zero failure in communication. So they talk about that, and Dr. Lund also wrote a book. It's called Emotional Divorce, and he talks about where we have that emotional divorce before the physical occurs. And this is where it all is. And as you can tell, I'm starting with where it all begins is with the parents. And so sometimes there's things that just are appropriate for divorce. I mean, if it's violence, if it's um, um, if it's breaking the law, if there's things that occur that we just can't help, there's, there's appropriate reasons for doing a divorce. If it's somebody stepping out, if there's multiple cheating going on, if there's abuse of, of you know, all sorts of type, physical, sexual, mental, all that abuse would be a portion of that. It's time to take care of it and make sure we move to a healthy environment. Because if that's going on in the home, we want to make sure that everybody's safe, including the ones being hurt. So if there's somebody that's abusing, that's the time to set that boundary and says, nope, no more. It's time to move on and and uh, separate that so that doesn't hurt those individuals in it. And alcoholism, addiction, that's another um way of looking at it if the individual can get help and move forward and take care of it then that would be reasons to maybe try to make it work but addiction is very hard addiction it can take over people's lives to where they can't function and it's that codependency that's created in the home when that's occurring because there's a lot of codependency that comes from those types of addiction that it just doesn't affect the one person that's doing the addiction it affects the whole family in the home so it's a lot of these things that are going on. Now, after we've got into all this, we're going to take a break real quick. And when we come back from break, now we're going to dive into how it affects the family uh, dynamics in the family unit when it comes to divorce. So we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Never Give Up show. I'm Matthew Cox, your host. We're, we're talking about a topic. It's very sensitive in homes and it's very sensitive in, in everything. I mean, you, you look at it when you're a product of a home that's been through divorce. How does it work? So we're talking about this topic. It's huge. I mean, it affects every home, every home I've been in as a coach and as I've Parent, I've been parent coaching for so long, it seems like it's it's been a long time. And as I'm going through homes that are working through divorce or they are either in the process of heading that direction, if we can't re-salvage it to bring it back and to help everybody meet their needs to make sure they know it's okay and it's not worth trying to start over unless it's all those other things that we talked about, the, the unsafe environment, the abuse and, and neglect and everything. If that's taking place, then yes, then it, we need to get the environment safe. And so that's another direction we have to look at. But if it's just because needs are not getting met, emotional needs that you didn't do this or that and I'm not communicating right, so therefore I'm this and that and I stonewall and I throw things up. And as even Dr. Franz had said in his little advice is that there has to be clear-cut communication between the husband and wife because it all starts with mom and dad and anything before this divorce occurs before the emotional divorce occurs where you guys decide to drift apart and that the emotions are so tight because if there's not any of that abuse and neglect or addiction going on then it's just all about not meeting each other's needs and being there emotionally because you can still be busy busy is just one thing we're busy we're not human doings we're human beings and one of the things is emotional need is has that emotional need needs to be met and if it's just for a minute, so if I have five minutes, if I uh, to give you my attention fully for five minutes, that's quality, not quantity. And quality is important even if I have a whole bunch of five minutes. 
kids are going to know that because five minutes I'm in there, I'm playing games with them, I'm rolling on the ground, I'm having fun, and dad has to go back to work. Then dad gets another five minutes, he does that. Those are the things that the kids look at. But a lot of times with this environment, when it happens within the divorce and the parents are starting to go through their their issues, their problems, because now they become, as we always say, the 80-20 rule when we have a troubled teen, now the parents start doing that. Because now the 80-20 rule is mom and dad and what's going on with them. And the kids are very in tuned in it. You'd be amazed. They know what's going on. And, and a lot of times it's inwardly. They blame themselves where they're like, well, maybe we weren't good enough kids. Maybe we did this. And I've heard a lot of kids say this. Maybe it was my fault. I wasn't good or I did something. And I, I'm just throwing you out what I hear. It doesn't, I'm not, if you're going through this, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty or anything. I'm trying to help you think through why it's occurring. That's all it is, is why is it occurring, what's going on, and can it be overcome? And if it isn't, is if it's because if you are always have been in pain your whole life, and then that you can now not healthily function, it looks at it. So let's look at the dynamics of families, as we said we were going to break. So you had the mom and dad, you have them going on, they have their stuff. Each individual in this family has some sort of environment, because we all live in our heads 90% of the time, it doesn't matter what age you are. So mom and dad are dealing with those. Now let's say you have a teen. Well, for the, you know, for example sake, I have a 13-year-old. So if I have a 13-year-old in the home and that 13-year-old is dealing with this, then I have a 9-year-old and then I have a young one that's about 4. And so this is my fi- my example as a family. So we have a 13, 9 and 4-year-old. So the fi- family dynamics in this situation now, the divorce is, hasn't been talked about. Slowly the emotional divorce is occurring where we're, we're checking out, we're not talking, we're putting walls up. It's not safe anymore because I share with you, I'm never right, so forth. So this 80-20 rule, everything's starting to break down. Now, so your first 13-year-old is going to start feeling it. And you'll know d- kids are different. It could be your 9-year-old or your 13, you got your fillers. And those filler ones, they're going to tune in right away. Something's off. And that kid's going to tune in and go, what's up with mom and dad? And so if it's your 9-year-old and he's the tuner in her and he tunes it in and he or she says, okay, something's up with mom and dad, what's going on? And then he goes to the 13-year-old and he pays, he helps the 13-year-old see. And then now they're starting to internalize. They're starting to go, okay, something's up. We feel the stress. We don't worry. We don't know what's going on, so now we start worrying. So that now the script is flipped. Now instead of the parents worrying about the kid being troubled, um, now the kid's worried about mom and dad. Now they're worried about their family falling apart, so now they start internalizing it. Well, those feelings have to go somewhere. It's just like when you eat food. It has to go somewhere. <laughs> and I know this is a crazy example, but it's the same way. The body is the system, and it has a system that works. So when I eat food, it disposes of it. The emotions are the same way. When I take an emotion on, it has to go somewhere. It either lingers for a while or I have to get rid of it or it causes unhealthy things that go on in the body. Especially why I'm eating food and I'm not happy. It does terrible things to my body because emotionally I'm not right. So the food is not helping get me proper nutrition because the system is not in tune. So there's a lot of things that go on. So now your kids are in tune to you and they know something's going on because most most of the time, and I say most of the time because not all parents are the, going through this, do this, but some of the time we try to fake like everything's okay. 
Isn't that number one? We say everything's okay. Here's our facade. We put this fake. But if we really look underneath everything and get real, um, we're a hot mess. And we're in pain and we're hurting. We don't know what to do and we don't know where to go. And so now the kid's taking that to school. Well, the kid's depressed. He's upset. So now the teenager's dealing with it. They don't know. Well, most people, unhappy people, flock to what they want to do or they flock to a group that's unhappy. You know, I I received this, you know, one of the things that unhappy people, they can't figure out why they're unhappy, so they blame everybody else and they start focusing on the wrong stuff. And they are always looking for some way out and they're blaming everybody and they also are spiraling out of control. So think about this. Now your kid's unhappy, you're unhappy, so this is the environment that's taking place. And so the first thing your kid does is they start linking up with the same kind of influence. So now this troubled, this kid that's not troubled quite yet, he goes into the school systems, this environment, and he finds the wrong crowd to hang out with because guess what? That crowd accepts him and they can relate with him because their home is just as dysfunctional because they have something that's going on. So here's how they get to where they come into my care, either in foster care or coaching, because now they're going to start making bad choices because now people are going to push pressure on them to challenge their values. Does that make sense? So now when they're in the group, when they're part of this group, their values are going to be pressured because now they don't have a support system, that network of people they can trust because the support system is breaking down at home. Because here it is, parenting's not easy. It is not easy. Just like in this industry, when we're helping families in foster care and coaching, why I send out my coaches and I send my mentors out. Because it's not me. I have to do self-care constantly. I have to go get help. I have to make sure I'm taking care of myself. Because if I burn out, I'm no good for anybody else, even myself. If I'm not putting the gas in the tank... I'm going to then start separating myself from others. Does this make sense? So as parents, we forget self-care in the industry of psychology or mental health, as we call it. Is They preach it in school. They preach it everywhere that you have to have self-care. You have to make sure you're taking care of yourself. You have to make sure that you're getting your mental, spiritual, physical, everything, all those needs met to make sure you're a healthy, whole person. So a lot of times in parenting, we get so stressed out. And unfortunately, we're in an environment in Vegas that is very has a lot of addictions around us. And we have to be aware of that. We have to be careful because we can fall short and go into those addictions because we all have to make sure we're on the same page. And it doesn't matter. Nobody's secluded from it. It doesn't matter what you do in life. Even if you think about it, if you're a teacher, if you're a you know, stay-at-home-at mom, you still need that self-care. And here's what it looks like. The self-care is what do I need to be to have happiness or inner peace on my own, standing alone independently from everybody else because I can't rely on others to for my happiness. Nobody's responsible for my happiness. Only I am. And if you get in a codependent relationship or a codependent mindset, if I have an alcohol or an alcoholic in the home, now I have to depend on that because the alcoholism and the alcoholic makes me depend on that person so I can't do it without them. A lot of times that's the abuse, that's the manipulation that occurs in that kind of style. 
And so it's a very overwhelming style. So these kids are going through it too. Now they're gaining the pain that nobody's talking to them. So now when they go into the school and they get into that crowd, it's easy to slip into drugs, into premarital sex, into other things that they shouldn't, risky behaviors, into relationships that they shouldn't be into, like running with the wrong crowd, getting in trouble, vandalizing doing those things. These are extreme behaviors as it gets worse. But the smaller ones is just slipping like ditching school, um, not going to class where your kid could have been very interested in class. Then all of a sudden they lose the interest and they're like, Hey, why are you getting bad grades? Just not interested. Or they're sleeping in class or they just can't stay up because they're staying up at night hearing mom and dad fight, or they're just tired because they're worrying themselves to death because they're blaming themselves, their family's falling apart. So they don't know. They're trying to find, they're digging, they're hoping, they're wondering. So here's what we're going to go into. I'm going to leave a few things how to bring this back into perspective and to know what to do. And here's some tools. We got two minutes before the break. I'm going to start with some and then I'll come back and end with it. So we got focus. We need to focus in on it because fear may come true that which one is afraid of. So here's all, that's a quote I just want it's from Viktor Frankl. It's the fear may come true that one is afraid of. So your fear will come true if you keep pushing it away and you fear it and you keep worrying about it, that fear might just come true where you're not working on your family, you're spending so much time at the office. Because really, let's talk about it. Because people, you've heard the saying, after they are old and they're sitting there and they look back, they're, they're not saying, I wish I would have spent more time at the office, Matt. They're saying, I wish I would have spent more time with my family because it wasn't worth the sacrifice. I, You know, millionaires have said this where they've put a lot of times in, into it. And as I visit with them, they talk about where they just don't want to wait. They've put, they sacrifice so much for the sake of their family. So th- what we always talk about is focusing, eliminating the things that you shouldn't have. Eliminate those negative things that shouldn't be in your life. Find out what's going on. Use your your greatest strengths to move forward. And then part of the focusing is overcoming procrastination. So there was three things in focusing. Elimination, use your greatest strengths, whatever that is, if it's people, if it's just being a happy person. And then number three in that area in focusing is overcoming procrastination. So when we come back from break, I'm going to talk about balancing, being productive, and enjoying to the fullment or to the fulfillment of your life. And so we're going to come right back. All right. Welcome back to the Never Give Up Show. I'm Matthew Cox, your host. And if you're tuning in for the first time, always remember we're here for your listening pleasures from 4 to 5 p.m. every Tuesday. So call in if you have any questions. We have about a few minutes left, I, I roughly about 20 minutes left, or give or take a little bit, 731 Call in, ask any of your questions on this great topic. I am really surprised. I know there's a lot of people out there dealing with it. If you would like to share about it or just give your insight, let us know. If not, email us at nevergiveupfoundation at gmail.com. If you would like some help with the coaching program I mentioned with the foundation, we will help you in any way we can. We have the coaches come in. We assign the coach to you. Then we sign mentors to your family, and it's a very affordable and cost-efficient program because our job is not to take it out of your pockets. It's to help put the family back together. 
So it's less than anything you've probably worked with and it's highly, highly effective and you'll get higher results on it. I guarantee it. So if you have any questions on that, definitely email us at nevergiveupfoundation at gmail.com. So to end the show in, we have a little bit more left. I want to come back and we went out to break and we talked about focus, eliminating things. Number one, using yourself and your strengths. Overcome procrastination. Don't sit on the couch. Don't worry. Don't say, I can't do it. Don't come home even though we're burned out. Don't procrastinate what you know you need to get done. Balance. Finding balance in your life. This is the hardest thing when I work with clients is stop um, living in the past. Don't worry. Stop being angry from those things if it's from mom or dad or from sister, brother, or if it's from your your friend down the street that hurt you. Don't live in the past because it's not helping your current, your here now. It's being present. It's being here. It's living on purpose, not for goals. It's don't live for goals. Live for yourself and know where you're heading and under, understand that. And so it's power. You know, it's using your power wisely because all of us have, we have to embrace our inner power because it's, we all have it. We're all very intelligent beings. And sometimes people give away their power by being angry and being upset and having those things passed on that where you were hurt, those pains. Because anytime I work with somebody, if I dismiss the behavior, if it's anger, upset, or anything, controlling this, and you dig a little deeper, you find for understanding, you seek for understanding, you'll find that everybody's in pain in some way. Even myself, if you truly knew me, you would know that I have that same pain you have. As you're sitting there, we all have the same pain. It's just in a different way. As I grew up when I was young, I had a pain where I was always picked on. I couldn't, I didn't have the self-esteem because of, you know, dealing with that learning disability that always challenges me. If you truly knew what I dealt with every day, you would understand that emotionally, I work through it constantly having the self-esteem to move forward and know that I have that power and I can use it wisely if I don't then I, I give it away, I squander it, and I give it out because I don't believe in myself. And that's hard. So that balance is having that power and knowing who you are. Plan your success. Look forward to it. Because if this home is broken, if this home is divorced, if this home you're co-parenting, it's planning what is the success now. If you're just in the process and you can save the marriage and you can get back together, try. If you're willing and you have the knowledge and you have the skill, do it. And if there's that abuse that's just occurring and you can't get over it, then get out of it. Don't put your kids in it. If that individual that's in pain does not want to meet and work through that pain, there's nothing that anybody can do, but you have to have everybody else safe. And that's our job is to make sure they're safe as parents. And so we don't want to do that. So make sure you plan your success, whatever portion of your life you're in right now. It's okay. Know your power. Embrace it and understand it. Have problem ownership. Know if there is a problem occurring. Don't fake it. Don't put the image up. Know that we all are struggling. If we really got real and showed who we were, we all have stuff we're working with. And it's just being real, but getting self-care and knowing that we need it. So be productive. Always be open to new possibilities, you know, if there's something that might help. Have Be open to feedback. Know that the feedback can give you the direction you might need. Now, when somebody gives you feedback, you know, ask for it. Because a lot of us are scared of it. Get feedback regularly so you know you're on the right path. 
and then have accountability buddy that holds you accountable. But ask yourself for, and then the last one on this, there's three areas. Open for possibilities in productivity, feedback, and then ask for help when needed. That's very important so that you know that you can have that. So we went through focus. We went through balance. We went through being productive. So those are three different areas that you have to know where they'll go. And I'll go quickly through them again if time permits it. But now we're at the one most important thing. Enjoy fulfillment. Make sure you're enjoying it because this is a tough time, this journey that we're experiencing. This self-care that I talk about, even as parents and as you're co-parenting, as you're doing things, you have to self-care. You have to go to the gym. You have to do things that it helps you increase that blood flow to make you feel happy. Because if you come home, and this is most important, number one, is improve yourself and your self-esteem. This doesn't mean come home from work and sit on the couch and go to my straight comfort zone, right? This means... Always growing when you can, but if you need to go take a break and watch a good movie, then do it. But improve yourself. Self-esteem, how do I make it? And some people don't think that I have to improve my self-esteem every day. Um, I'm talking in general as people. We forget that we need to always work on our self-esteem. And with two minutes left, these are the last two. Maintain a sense of wonder. Know that life is about wonders and it's wonderful and it has wonderful things in it like you that's listening to the show. It's because we're all wonderful in our own way and we have beauty. Even when we're angry, that person that's angry has beauty inside. It's just finding it and helping them see it. Sometimes they just need a hug. Go give them a hug. And the next one is how... A, have a safe place. Go to a safe place where you can be safe. If it's a meditation, if it's a forest, if it's somewhere, if it's a walk, you have to have a safe place away from things. If you need a break, take a break. So always know. So again, focus, balance, pr- being productive, and enjoy the full, mem- you know, having the fulfillment. Always know these things. Divorce is not an easy thing, guys and girls and men and women out there listening. <laughs> I want to make sure I hit everybody. So all of that, you if you're listening, here's the sum. That's it for the show. It goes quick. If you have any questions, make sure you email us at the Never Give Up Foundation at gmail.com. Go listen to some past shows. But remember in this topic, it's a topic we can have several shows on. When you have a troubled teen that's dealing with a, an environment that's broken or you're a parent that's dealing with it, that you're going through it right now, know that you have help and that you all you have to do is ask. And somebody's there for you, a friend, a family, a barber, whoever it is, share your feelings, let them go and be okay. Be real and get real and don't try to be fake in that sense. And always remember Las Vegas when you're working hard, um, always come back and remember not to give up on yourself and those around you. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the Purpose Driven Person podcast. Something I said today resonated with you. Head over to my website. I'd love to give you a free gift to download, but you can also email me at purposedrivenperson at gmail.com. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And remember guys, always continue to push your dreams and never give up. I'll see you next time. Take care.